You're listening to Beyond Infinity, your weekly dose of science and technology, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. interesting piece that's been generated by AI and John you'd better name what it is yeah that's been played uh, directly from YouTube it's called Yona Y-O-N-A dash one that's the the sort of song name and it was uploaded by Oxuman, A-U-X-U-M-A-N. Now, you can get this song on oxuman.bandcamp.com. And this is part of an album along with other AI artists. So Oxuman Volume 1. Yeah, very interesting. And what caught my eye about that is that it is completely generated by AI, the founder of Oxyman, which you just named then, is a British Iranian music producer uh, based in London. He says, quote, the music is generated through a, f- a few engines that create the words, melodies, and a digital singing voice. At the core of songs that have lyrics, the text is generated using models that are trained on articles, poems, and conversations related to the subject of a song. There's different ones as well, and they're kind of fitting into different genres. So there's Yona, which we just heard. There's Moni, there's Gemini, and a bunch of other musicians that aren't real. And what they're thinking with this is that they're saying that it can augment creativity. Because the question is, you know, if if music is something that's being done by creative people, and Mm -hmm. there's lots and lots of people trying to be professional musicians Mm -hmm. and lots of people who fail. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at the amounts of, you know, minute amounts of money you get paid by Spotify and yep. by Apple Music. You've got to be literally getting millions of listens to be earning any kind of income through this. So lots of people are trying to do it and they're all real people. So where would the market be for an AI-generated musician? Well, one of the business models that's being proposed is that it becomes like a subscriber service where you may have a very specific 
type of music that you want to listen to. Mm-hmm. And you can run through a kind of menu of different types and sounds and subjects of lyrics and all the rest of it that you're interested in and actually have a song that's tailor-made for you by the AI yeah. and that you pay or you subscribe to a multiple of these songs over a period of time. So that's where they potentially could monetize this. But it is a sad day for creativity, I think, with, with all of this. Like I, I, I like the aspect of AI being a you know, helpful application for whether it be you know, reading you know, doctor's notes or um, you know, how it applies to health and, and making your life better. Mm. But in terms of creating an automated music service, this takes away from that creative element that, that I personally have come to enjoy. From imagine, you know, one of the, the bands that we play quite regularly is Tycho. Imagine mm. if that was, you know, the, the future music we listen to is just a, an audit AI version that, that what the computer thinks I will like is what it will produce. So it becomes this self-referential feedback loop that you never you know, necessarily get outside of that little box. So mm. oh, look, I'm a music lover. I absolutely mm. love music. Yep. Um, but I'm not sure I'm, I'm fully on board with an AI generator like this at this stage. Well, look, there's, I suppose really one of the things that is interesting about this is it does challenge the definition of or what we consider creative and how you define that. A human artist is a person who has you know deep knowledge of his or her field and makes reference to it in their work in new ways and and that process and the output of that is considered creative but a machine is considered non-creative because it isn't trying to express a particular emotion and isn't imbuing its creativity with deeper themes it can't it's only basing it it's just an algorithm that's driving it. it's only really working within very tight parameters whereas a, a, a human doesn't have that constraint but Look, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with this. I think that if it, it, if it can be used in a creative way, it, it's not like it's going to replace what you listen to for music. It's not going to replace humans, it, but it might augment them. It might be a way of, of uh, just adding a dimension to your music or, or, or just even as a way to experiment with different sounds. I mean, it doesn't for something that's been generated by algorithms, it's not a terrible sound. It's not necessarily something you'd be busting your chops to listen to but but I don't know if it's going to win any major awards yeah but but I look at it it, it, the music industry for you know years and years and years has been about what's the current sound that's working really well and what artists can we now find that is going to create something like that sound and therefore it becomes very narrow-minded with the music that comes out you know look at pop music today and and how it's developed into this same same kind of music it's because well this song worked and therefore let's find an another one another artist or get another song just like this one and so in some scenarios the record companies themselves are stifling creativity mm. um, and there are smaller by not, independents by not paying for it well mm. yeah mm. and there are smaller independents now and have been for a long time that that really allow that creativity and that's that's where i find my music mm. and, that, and this is going to appeal to different people but how you get yeah. it out there I mean, this is why bands tour much more. And I guess it's great if you're into live music, and I know you are for one, John. Yeah. But this is why, why bands uh, have been forced to tour, because that's where they can control the revenues they get from their creative work. Whereas relying on the main way of getting it out there, well, maybe music videos on, on you know things like Channel V and mm-hmm. MTV, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff, that's not a bad way for bands to get out there. Obviously, YouTube videos, and a lot of music is on YouTube, as, as uh, people will be aware. 
But given that the way that a lot of people are consuming music now, whether through headphones, when they're exercising or in the car or at home, through their home stereo system, it's all stemming from usually from one of two big platforms, mm-hmm. and that's Apple Music or Spotify. Yeah. And we know we've got, we've got podcasts talking about this specific subject of Spotify having a go at Apple about anti-competitive behavior and that sort of stuff. But at the same time, Spotify pays even lower royalties than does Apple Music. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, you know, we're talking pennies. We're talking tiny amounts, micro payments, less than a cent in some cases. Well, it is. It's less than a cent per stream. So you've got to be making, you've got to be having millions and millions. You've got to be big, basically. And and that then supports, it's sort of a, a chicken and egg situation to become big. How do you get big? Well, maybe you do a lot of touring. It's probably about the only way you could you can imagine that it's going to happen. Or you release demo CDs or you get yourself played on radio. That's another way. But, but radio is kind of being taken over as everyone knows by on demand which sure. is which is podcasting or music through those big streaming services one of the things that uh, is, is also interesting about this is normally the process of producing music if you're a, a commercial band an act uh, is you've got to you know write the music you've got to rehearse it then you spend often you know months in a studio producing it mm-hmm. post-production all the rest of it engineering the sound mm-hmm. to get it really really polished and that's what you release when you finally release your, your finished studio album. So you might release an album you know, once a year, once every two years, once every three or four years. It's not uncommon for a band. Whereas with this AI, they can be releasing a new track or even an album each month. Sure. And that's actually what Oxyman, this UK AI-generated music producer, has been doing each month, up- uploaded to YouTube, SoundCloud, and other streaming platforms. I guess it comes down to what what your aim to get out of music is. If it's just to press play and and listen to a nice song, then then sure, there's probably a, you know this can fit in. But if you want to experience the you know the live version, if you actually want to you know travel to a, a live venue, and we've got some great venues here in in Melbourne, mm. and which I love to do. The Forum in Melbourne is one of my top venues to go to. Mm. I enjoy going to see a band that I really like playing in that venue for Mm. the atmosphere, to meet up with friends and enjoy that music. In an AI environment like this, that's just not going to be possible. They're not going to have some kind of live show like that. Mm. Well, not that we're aware of yet. Well, you know, I know, remember the Grillers from early 2000s? And they were very much just a digital band. Yeah, they had animated characters that were the band. That's right. And so they did do live shows Mm. and that was I think you know, I mean if you, even if you look at you know Daft Punk they were they were hiding their mm. personas the mm. actual people mm. you didn't know their names for some time mm. and it was you know who are these people now mm. we know who they are but mm. um, that that creates a bit of mystery about the band as mm. well which mm. is also that theatre that I, I like mm. it's it's not just about the music the music is one major aspect but yep. it's about the people behind it where their influences are how they perform all of these different factors that, mm. that add into that experience which personally i think what music should be about i think that's a very good point you've made that music is not just about the music it's about the performance it's about what goes on to you know when you go to a concert the whole experience you get with friends in a live venue i don't know the drinks afterwards the drinks before the drinks during talking know. about you know there's many occasions where i've one of my favorite bands the dirty three from Melbourne um, I've got all their albums I love their music and mm. I continue to listen to it they don't do shows that often they, mm. it's very rare that they do a show mm. but 
even though I listen to their albums via whether it be CD, vinyl, you know, whatever on the radio, I always remember the concerts, the gigs that I've actually been to and seen them. And that to me is the most special experience that mm. I have. So, so as far as you're yeah. concerned, AI is never going to threaten that, that experience I, that you have. I think it will find a place as part of uh, a music experience, whether that be a streaming service or radio or other audio experience that you may have. But if you really enjoy music and want some more out of it and want that live aspect, AI is never going to come close. Yeah. Let me give you another quote from Ash Kush. He's that British Iranian music producer behind Oxyman. He says, there's always a shortage of people for giving birth to a new genre. Due to the economic nature of the act of making music for humans, we are naturally submissive to forms that have been successful. We believe machines can blend and merge forms and styles and in the process find the next exciting sound. So he's in a way saying that the AI will find the next exciting sound and then the human music creators will follow that. Mm, so, yeah. so potentially a way to get into new areas that just that that may have evolve over time if you only had human creators. Uh, in a way, to me, this is that it, it's sort of getting into that argument about do you call someone who takes a photograph, puts it into Photoshop, comes up with this amazing image, which is computer-assisted. Sure. Do you sort of say that's not art? Is it a photo or is it art? Or, is well, it, yeah. or can you can you criticise it and say it's not? Well, I, I personally believe that you can't say that. It's a bit like the suggestion that the old masters use mirrors and camera obscura mm-hmm. to, to create that photorealistic effect. People like Vermeer, those mm-hmm. kind of artists, and Caravaggio. Well... If they did use those those techniques, it seems like they did. Mm-hmm. We're talking several hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. They were at the vanguard and they were at the cutting edge of technology at the time. And portrait painters got paid a fortune because we didn't have cameras. So if you were rich or if you were a king or you know, a notable person, then to have your likeness put onto a canvas was a very, very valuable thing for you. And people paid a fortune for it. Mm-hmm. So that drove it. That was the incentive to be photorealistic. So to me, that's not... I mean, Vermeer and Caravaggio are brilliant artists. Their art is priceless. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that by using the technology that was available or, or, or developing it and using it so precisely, I don't say that detracts from their art. And that, in a way, uh, using the very latest that the technology offers us now in the 21st century is just kind of the same thing as what those well, guys were they, doing. Well, in a way, I mean, they, they were utilising the technology of the day to support what they were doing, to add to what they were doing, mm. whereas this appears to be you allowed to take over and don't require a human influence into it. So it's no longer a creative person saying, well, here's my idea, here's the direction when I go, I will use the available technology to add to that. It's now saying, here, you take control of this and let's see what you come up with and I'll just publish there. So, so that, that's where it overtakes that creative element for me. You know, last year, a painting generated by an AI art collective sold at a Christie's auction for $432,500 US dollars. <laughs> so there is a market, you know. Sure. <laughs> sure. There's definitely a market. They wouldn't have created this music and we wouldn't be talking about it if there wasn't a market. I just, mm. I, I think for, for artists, for creators, it is a sad day if we are going to rely more on this as as the way that we receive or listen to future music because it is, to me, about that experience, the, the full experience, not just listening on the radio or Spotify or streaming service. It is about going to see them, the anticipation of going to see them or remembering back to a time when you did see them as well. Just one more quote from Ash Kush on this subject of creativity and how you define it. And 
He says that, uh, quote, machines are creative, but in a supplementary manner. Human creativity will be fundamentally different due to our biological nature, needs, and intentions. Our memories are recorded and played back on a very complex system in our brain, but machines can begin with rules and iterate towards possible tangents that human creators might take months to reach. Machine creativity comes down to maximizing possible outcomes that we humans as curators could look at and choose to apply in a creative process. So there you have it. It's, it. Look, I look at it a bit like how it's, you know, Google's predictive text, right? So when you, you can start writing an email and all of a sudden the words pop up in terms of, you know, would you like to write this? So it's, you just keep tapping the words like, you know, thank yes. you for your da-da-da-da, whatever the, the words happen to be. It's taking that creative thought out of, out of your head and it's just, oh, I'll just, I'll just say this. So it's taking away from something, not necessarily adding to it. Fair enough. We've even talked about OpenAI, which is a uh, Elon Musk-backed uh, startup, and it can do things like generate text based on reading news articles. Mm. So you can feed it the opening sentence to, I mean, great if you're a lazy journalist and sure. you're, you're pumping out lots of stories and you want to fill up space in a clickbait news service of some description. But you can literally write the first sentence, or you could cut and paste it rather than even writing it, <laughs> yeah. and then let the AI from that extrapolate out a, a paragraph of just rubbish, of fake news, mm -hmm. literally, which kind of holds together, like the lyrics to that song we played at the beginning of uh, this segment. Anyway, look, I just think it's an interesting one. It's a digital trend that looks like it's going to continue. I think John and I definitely both agree that we, we, we sincerely hope it's not to the detriment of genuine human creators. 100%. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to review us on iTunes. It's a great way to let others know if you've liked our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Beyond Infinity RPPFM on Facebook or Infinity RPP on Twitter.